Now's your chance to get the last of the Resolution Radio Blood Teams. Only a few left available before we try to do a reorder. This has been a high-selling item, and we really appreciate everyone's support in getting this shirt and showing their pride as well as showing their heritage. Nothing counts more than blood. Get yours today from Resolution Radio. Only $25 plus $5 shipping and handling. It really helps the network improve, and you really get a great product to showcase what you truly believe in. Nothing counts more than blood. Only from Resolution Radio at ResolutionRDO.com. Send check, money order, or well-concealed cash to Sonny Thomas at P.O. Box 27, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. That's Sonny Thomas at P.O. Box 27, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Adding to the disclaimer that opinions of a host and of the guests of any particular show shall not affect the radio network as a whole. We reserve all ability and freedom of speech from all participants involved, including callers, and if you're offended, tough shit. Thank you, Resolution Radio. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com no reasonable level of anti-Semitism. Nordic resistance movement are present. Comrades, and welcome back to the Nordic Frontier. It is the final solution to your podcast problem, and you have arrived. It is Nordic Tears Day once again, and we come to you live every Nordic Tears Day. That is Tuesday, 8 o'clock 
on odyssey.com. And it is also a national socialist broadcast hosted by a member of the Nordic Resistance Movement tonight. And that is me, Andreas. And with me, I have Neo Mike. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. How are you? Pretty good. I was enjoying that intro music and I could just feel you bobbing along. You really like yeah. that stuff. Yeah. The chat also. They really enjoy that rap. <coughs> I think it's uh, white power music. <laughs> I just love provoking, that's all. I think that uh, there's going to be a divide in the nationalist movement. Uh, just, uh, it's uh, on the brink of happening. We had COVID shit, we had Ukraine, Russia, now it's hip-hop. Are we going to use the beats or not? Are we going to stagnate and go back to the caveman RAC music that uh, the skinheads were doing in the 90s? I don't know. It's very provoking. Very provocative having these opinions. I know. And I'm doing it for fun. I know you you, you like the, the bits. But you don't, you don't actually like the music, even though it's pro-white. You would just have these Me. people shot. <coughs> Like, uh, I like I don't like the music. Doesn't mean that <laughs> I should be s- shot. <laughs> uh, <coughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's worse types of music out there for sure. But uh, I'm not, uh, yeah, not not a big fan. Yeah, but you broke your foot. How did that go? Uh, how did, did you manage? Uh, well, I didn't break it. I just twisted my ankle pretty bad it was the snow it's always the fucking snow yeah <laughs> no i was <clears throat> i was doing uh i was snowing like crazy here uh, last week so i was like out for the fourth time the same day <laughs> doing the snows and uh, we have this like uh, how do you call it it's like small metal uh, thing just outside like a threshold or like a, yeah, a for, list. for the garage <laughs> yeah and uh so usually like i i use a smaller shovel to kind of take the area before that and then i use the bigger manual the one you're pushing for in front of you to, to take the rest uh and you, you have to kind of in order to get it in front of the snow you just kind of have to have your back almost against the wall <clears throat> uh, because I was lazy and didn't want for the fifth, sixth time to, to do as much with the small shovel. And I for, just forgot uh, that that metal thing is there. So when I took a step backwards, I did a loop-de-loop. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> hit, my, hit my head in the garage door and fell on my ankle. <laughs> I was probably like... Uh, if we were caught on camera, it'd probably look hilarious, though, because yeah, I yeah. I, I do find comedy in, in things like that, even if it happens to myself. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so still recovering, uh, but you know, movement is the best cure. So trying to avoiding sitting still, which is kind of hard when you work demands that. But <clears throat> mm. been doing a lot of cooking and stuff in the evenings, you know. To, keep myself up on the feet been doing more advanced recipes just to stay longer on my legs (laughs) spicy recipes yeah 
Nice. Are you? Can you put the load on the foot? Yeah, yeah, I can. I can now. Like I, I kind of had to half force myself to do it the the first two days. Yeah, but it's like if you ever have any any kind of like you know stretched muscles or whatever you have, um after you not used it so like if you wake up in the morning you know it's it's worse before like the first five minutes is, is worse than the rest of the day basically oh, yeah before. yeah I bet <clears throat> i've got an old gaming injury and always yeah. acts up in the morning before i drink yeah. my coffee and do my yoga then i'm off yeah i don't know i've, I've had this uh hazardous past say eight days cut myself in the finger with a pair of massive scissors <laughs> oh, I don't. I still don't know how the fuck that happened. So it was borderline if needing stitches, but I, I suffered through with some some Jesus tape. I, Jesus tape is duct tape. Oh. Uh, in Finland, it's called Jesus tape because it fixes all problems. <laughs> and Jesus does. Mm. Yeah, apparently, apparently true. You Christ cucks the over there. God. <clears throat> so, um, so that that's I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen next. <laughs> now it's a, it's a good start of the year for sure. I yeah. um, myself I know you know about my uh, yeah. traffic incident that yeah. I had. The elements were against me, and shitty snow tires were against me. No, it's not the tires; it's the fucking snow. I hate snow. <laughs> the only thing it does is cause yeah, well, problems. Yeah, if it was summer and no icy roads, then I would still be on the road. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. It's always but, the snow. Yeah. But you mean a poor man can't buy all the four tires. I only have two new tires. <laughs> so I suffer, you know. But tires aren't even that expensive, though. Yeah, they are. They're getting more expensive because of everything. Everything's getting more expensive. The thing is, even if tires were cheap, I don't have fucking money. Because I'm going to whine about it in a bit, but the electricity is uh, hitting us all nowadays. So it doesn't matter if they're fucking free. I can't even afford to drive there and get them because it's so expensive to live. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been... Uh, I've been uh, uh, that's something I don't skimp on, actually, is I always buy really good tires. Yeah, I used to when I could afford it. I, I, I like eating, I like uh, having a warm meal <laughs> once a day. <laughs> it's uh, That's the stuff. And then yeah. getting home safely is uh, not prioritized at all. So that's good and all. But uh, yeah, tonight we have episode 252. And we're going to talk a little bit about political harassment or harassment, harassment. I don't know. Uh, I chose that as a topic. We got some other stuff. And then I hoped that Mike would bring like two hours of prep and uh, then we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a show. Uh, we'll wait, see. Uh, we'll, we'll figure out something to talk about. Yeah, for sure. So we have some donations coming in. We have uh, Bård Ulven from last show. Uh, thank you very much. He gets one of these. May the blessing of tear be upon you. And we also have uh, some cash coming in. Very nice. From uh, Johansson and Peter. And you get one of these. Yeah. 
Yes, indeed. Thank you very much. And if you want to donate to the show, you can do so through odyssey.com. Very smooth. Just click that support button. You can hook up your credit or debit card and just donate through Odyssey. Otherwise, you can send cash in the mail and then you go to nordicresistancemovement.org and you click on the donation tab there. You find the address and you send the cash in the mail. It does take a while before that arrives and also before that mailbox gets checked so don't freak out if you think your money is gone it's just i i don't know how often it gets checked maybe once a month maybe every other week something like that so thank you very much to the people who have donated so if you want to donate through the show you can send in comments or questions help us with the content uh, we have some listener questions that uh, we were going to address tonight and i also want to mention that uh, we have a new email for the show now, and uh, it is nordicfrontierpodcast at proton.me, because the old mail is gone. Apparently it wasn't fishy business. It hasn't been hacked or anything, it's just been suspended by Proton. That's all that happened, so it's uh, not uh, usable anymore. So I, uh, f- I'm very sorry for the people that have been sending emails there lately. They have not been... Um, uh, answered obviously and send them to nordic frontier podcast at proton.me if you have a question for the show but please please make it relevant to the show so i can actually answer the question i hate getting emails where i have to sit down and come up with philosophical answers for people it just it is a drain for sure so keep it on topic or just make a question questions are good they're fun so I guess that's what we had as an intro. And uh, yeah, so we fixed the audio. I I did figure out last week we had really shitty audio and I apologize for that. It was new tech. We were dealing with old new tech. So it was Skype and it was us trying to make it work. And trying to make Skype work is uh, not as easy as it sounds. It's like uh, injecting an mRNA vaccine without dying. It's very tricky. Some people make it, uh, some people don't. All right, uh, we'll run a little jingle here and uh, we'll be right back. Hello, this is Mark Collett from Patriotic Alternative, and you are listening to the Nordic Frontier, the solution to your podcast problem. The solution to your podcast problem. You're listening to Resolution Radio, Radio, Radio. ResolutionRDO.com when the beer commercial, everyone's happy and they're jumping around in there or whatever. The thing is, is they not only have appealing activities, they have appealing people out there too. You know, you see beer commercials and it's done with natural water and it's cold brewed or heat pasteurized and all that kind of stuff. They make it sound more like a health food almost, but they never show the hangovers or alcoholism or anything like that. 
and then in reality you're happy and then you're vomiting in the bathroom and then you're waking up sick the next morning with a really bad headache. Any person that says that, that beer is merely for recreational use is stupid because it's a form of alcohol. They just want your money. It's the people that sell the product that are getting the most out of it, not the people that use it. That's exactly what they're doing there. I'll sell our beer and it doesn't matter what it takes, just sell it. No, they're not honest messages. They don't show the flip side of it, the results of alcohol. A public service message from The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 ResolutionRDO.com Have we realized the assault against our lives? our liberties, our faith. To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q, The Calm Before the Storm, by a friend of Megagoria, The Strategy of Heaven Revealed. Big Q, Little Q, The Calm Before the Storm, available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. 205-672-2000. Katie Armor raised the standard. Finally, AR500 steel core body armor that comfortably conforms to the chest and torso. Unique design distributes weight, feeling lighter, increases mobility, and lessens fatigue. Introducing the Combat Quad Bend CQB, a revolutionary plate-forming process that caters to the end user. The CQB is an industry game-changer, a must-have for the ladies. Available now only at katiearmor.com, C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Come and take it. Indeed it is. And uh, it's not lack of things happening in the world, uh, the reason why the prep bag is uh, a little bit skinny. It's because I have a lot of plans. But as I've been talking about plans before and ideas specifically, if you don't put them into action, it's nothing. Like It's literally less than nothing. It's just fantasies. It's theory. It is something that could have been, but it clearly isn't. So... that's the reason so you need to have some forward planning and when you have a hectic life like yeah I was telling people last week that I drove off the road I had to buy new tires uh, and uh, then the water pump in the well broke and uh, again oh no last time it ran out of water uh, not too, yeah, yeah, it ran out of water. Yeah, that's true. Just a few months ago. But before that, two years ago, the pump broke yeah. another time. But now it broke for a different reason, so that's great. Did you so buy it, a mad Danish Master Race pump from Grundfos this time, or did you go with something Chaoping version? I think it's uh, Swedish Master Race. I'm not sure. Well, I'm going to check the brand on it. Uh, I got some good people on it, and that's uh, that's all well and good. But the pump is literally twice the price from two years ago when I bought it brand new. So that was good. That was good news. So I was like, wow, I'm glad they're making all that money. 
good but products, like, good money. If it's only two years, there should be a warranty on that thing. Yeah, if it breaks uh, for not my reason. <laughs> like if it breaks because of the pump is shit, but the pump did what it was supposed to do and uh, it broke. So the warranty so is not going to... How was it your fault? Well, it was an ice uh, plug in the pipe mm -hmm. and the the uh, pump kept uh, pumping and uh. it blew out the engine in the, in the pump. And apparently that's not going to be covered by the warranty. But it uh, it is uh, going to be covered to some extent by the insurance, the home insurance. Mm. So we'll see what we get out of that. But that's uh, it's not good news. And then we get slapped with the electricity <laughs> electricity <laughs> bill. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, do I have a story on that? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, you, you can do it for sure. Let's get into it. No, no. I was like, I was uh, so like, we, we also got our electricity bill uh, here. And I was like, <clears throat> well, that's pretty high. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, here's, here's the kicker. We used less because like now this, usually I use, um, don't use as much, like I use electricity as part of the heating. But this year... <laughs> I just decided that I'm going to annoy all the green party members and uh, release uh, micro toxins in the air by using firewood. So I basically like shut down all the uh, heating in every in almost every room except for the wet rooms because that's you know you don't want uh, any mold issues or stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And also in the bedroom, but everything else is, and then just uh, used uh, firewood and it keeps us really toasty and warm and nice like actually it's almost too warm most of the time but i just want to annoy everyone that asked me to save on energy so i just keep on burning wood but here's the kicker so we used less energy power in mm. uh, in the month of december than we used in july and mm. the the electricity bill was over twice as expensive. <laughs> mm. So that's how much it's gone up. So how much is it per kilowatt hour? Do you know? Uh, I think it's 30 cents. On the kroner? No, euros. Oh yeah, your euros. So how much is so that then? Three, three kroner? That's three kroner. Yeah. Is it? Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is a lot. Plus the transfer fee, whatever the fuck that is, yeah, that yeah. they take. So, uh, uh, yeah, we're we're getting screwed. But uh, but it, it's kind of like so. I obviously had foresight when when buying this house was that I want other forms of heating as well. So you know you have a mix, uh, so that if the power goes, you know, like a lot of people that have this, what is it called in English? Battery vitamin, for example. Yeah, I call it mountain heat, ground heat. Yeah. So like that also, you know, it's dependent on electricity because you need the pumps running. Uh, mm -hmm. So so I had thankfully foresight. So I stocked up on firewood and shit tons of it uh, this uh, end of the summer. So we, we haven't been. But it's still crazy, like considering that we like... You'd think that you like that normally in December, which is like one of the coldest months, you would 
your energy use would probably be 30 to 40 to 50 percent more than in the summer uh, mm. and now we're spending less than in july uh we're still paying like uh, over double <laughs> so, so you just have a furnace so do you have some sort of hookup to the radiators no, did you say that we have like uh like this like you know in the nordics we it's not like in the americans when they where they have this like you know little fire stove like we have these that they store the heat so when you burn firewood it actually stores the heat yeah uh, i just mean massive. that's the center of the house like <laughs> yeah so but it doesn't go in into any pipes or anything yeah but we're lucky in the way our house is laid out so if you leave the doors open to the roofs mm. it's really like we're averaging like 22 to so when 22 to 23 degrees like mm. uh, yeah that's nice which is which is which is way warmer than you would actually need I, but. you should uh, you should uh, post pictures of yourself in like 24 degrees <laughs> like sitting there in your underwear or whatever on social media yeah. <laughs> like sitting there in your shorts and your t-shirt sweating you're like oh my god it's too hot People love I, I, that. I think like the perfect indoor temp is like 20 to 21, but it's kind of like this plastic straw thing that if, if, if they could trying to tell me what the fuck I should do, I'm going to do the opposite. So if they tell me that I should have 19 degrees and freeze my balls off just because like they tell me to, I'm not going to, nah. I'm just going to more, we more have about, to the stove. We have about 17 degrees when we wake up <laughs> and then it heats up. You get the yeah. kids running around. They'll heat up the house, and then uh, yeah, you have when eighteen it's like, degrees in in no time. Yeah, when it's like warmer, like right now, so you just throw it on in the in the evening, and it keeps you like it, it keeps you it, it keeps it above twenty here for for until the next evening. And when you get to like when it's minus fifteen and above, then you kind of have to. Burn a little bit in the morning and then a proper one in the evening, and that that keeps it really warm. Mm. So nice. All right, so we got some donations coming in here. We've got the Peter Gibbons. He say, "What do you call a group of nibbers? An auction." <laughs> mm. uh. And the uh, 1980s Chrysler Cordoda says uh, a little donation for your great efforts thank you very much we have alexander knack saying smiley nice and we also have archie saying i live in a city that has the same climate as harbin china ice and snow i like the cold because i hope that it will discourage the neighbors from coming here but i've but i've become a visible minority in my part of the city what pulls them to cold climates and will energy costs drive them out? What pulls them wherever they're going are Jews and the politicians putting them there. No one in the black community is saying, let's go where it's really cold. I really need to shovel snow. That doesn't really happen. So in Sweden, for example, there wouldn't be any foreigners in our small villages if they weren't bust there and then placed in they don't even live in houses i have never seen these refugees live in a house it doesn't exist they live if there's an apartment block in a biggish village that's where they will live and they will be housed by the municipality 
you know, indefinitely, I think. That's what happened in Philipstad. I just had a conversation about that earlier with someone that said that immigration is a net economic positive. Of course, he was. And I was like, yes, just look at Philipstad. And we've spoken about that uh, a few years but ago I, I, when I, it was I going re- on. I, really like, li- I, I enjoy when someone uses that argument because, uh, you know, me and economics. We <laughs> yeah, but it's... Uh, yeah. Yes, but it's really funny when you when you start like because have you ever you seen start... anyone show you the numbers or yeah. their thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Like if you look at the you know their contribution to the economy and, and so forth, it's like there's no like the thing is, and this is where this is the the the, the leftist mind trick is that <laughs> certain type of of immigration are a net positive in in general terms if we simplify things so if you actually like not these pretend you know neurosurgeons driving a taxi but <laughs> if, if you actually have say someone who's an a qualified engineer or somebody who's a doctor or something because like so say <clears throat> you would have a a, a doctor from Italy moved to Sweden. That that's a net positive in the sense that Italy has had to pay for their education and and all like the society has had to put in all the resources <laughs> to make that person go all the way to becoming an engineer or a doctor. And then they say that they get hired by a Swedish firm and they move to to Sweden and work. So Sweden gets to reap the 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 tax like income tax rewards and and the consumption tax rewards uh, from a high income individual without having to have foot the bill for for the education when they were younger. So certain type of of immigration in in that sense can be in purely economic terms be a net positive, but they they but it. it yeah, but that is a certain type of immigration, sure. But that's yeah. not the but 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 mass. yeah. But that's the that's the thing they always use. Yeah. Uh, but there's a huge difference. But if you take someone from sub-Saharan Africa that doesn't know how to read, the IQ is like borderline retarded, and they don't work and they have 15 kids. Like there's no way you can make that a economically viable thing. Like it's just not going to happen. Mm. And especially if you combine those characteristics with a the work ethic of uh, you know that doesn't exist. No. So in the example of Philip Stodd, uh, there was a 2019 that we spoke about that. They said that 2,000 out of the town's 10,000 people, very small town, yeah. 2,000 were non-European immigrants, and literally 90 percent of them. We're not working. So <laughs> they have to pay for these people to exist. Like, it, this is three years ago, four years ago. So forget about it. It's, uh, yeah. But the reason why they're in the snow, that's because they're being forced to be there. They don't want to be there. They These Arabs and the Nibbas, I don't know about Nibbas. They just go wherever they're put. But Arabs and Jews, they are metropolitan people. They don't want to live in villages and stuff. They don't want to shovel snow. So. Well, yeah. 
Yeah. Aren't, but are, yeah, like the metropolitan sense, but I think Arabs are actually more clan based. So. Yeah, but they are. Yeah. They hang around. Like if you go to an Arab country, they hang around a lot. Like, yeah. And that's a lot of the non-white peoples, like Indians as well. They hang around on the streets a lot. But that's kind of what, like, you know, that's what you get when your, your climate is favorable for that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. For sure. Like, you know? They say, like, uh, the streets are like their living room. Like, they yeah. just have it's a like... stall or something in a market and just sit there or just sit and smoke. I don't know. Like if it's minus 10 outside, you either have to work or be on the move to keep warm or then you go indoors. <laughs> yeah, you like, chop wood. That's what you do. <laughs> that's kind of what you here. have to do. So, yeah. I mean, you see that you only need to go, you don't even need to go far south in Europe like uh, to see the same. Um, so, and even like southern France, Italy, You're talking Spain. about Skåne? Yeah. Yeah. But, they uh, sit around a lot. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But to, to to an extent, like in southern Sweden, for example, you have way more, uh, like, uh, what is it called in English? Ute terrasse. Yeah, outdoor cafes. Uh, <clears throat> outdoor dining and cafes mm. and stuff, like, because there's the season of, of when it's actually comfortable to be outside is way longer, so. Yeah. So. so. That's true. And it's like when it's summer, I'm always in the garden or outside. Like even if I work remotely, it's not like I'm gonna sit indoors. I'm gonna go to the to my backyard and be out in the in the outside working. Yeah, yeah. I really tried to make the most out of this summer, but it just felt like never, never arrived. And uh, it was like two days that I wore. Well, I always wear shorts all summer, <laughs> but uh, just being unbearably hot that you can't sleep that was like two days so but uh, they keep yeah. saying they keep saying that last summer was like uh like super strangely uh hot mm -hmm. like and i was like what the fuck it was really and i was like sure. we'll look at this link from the weather service it's like i don't know about where exactly where like i can't argue against the weather service but at least where I've been. <laughs> which... no, the thing is, I track it by how pissed off I've been during the summer. <laughs> because the hotter it gets, the more pissed off I am. Yeah. So that was pretty cool, for sure. But one thing I was going to, a point I was going to make on the electricity bill. So ours was fucking brutal. It's literally going to kill us if you, like, if you don't get this deal, uh, which I'm going to get into. The government's going to give a deal. It's good stuff. I love this government. The fascist government is making us a deal. Uh, so on the electricity bill, you have the amount that you pay for the electricity that you've used, yeah. and then you pay for the net, for the infrastructure, yeah. every single a... month. Every single month, yeah. you pay that for the fucking infrastructure. Me. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's pissing. That... Yeah, oh. That's pissing me off enough. Enough. <laughs> that's that's enough. But on the amount of the electricity you've used, you pay taxes. So you pay, I don't know, was it 30%? You pay taxes? I don't know. No, 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 wait, they said that. It's over 30%. It's yeah, like you, you have, 36%. You have like, yeah. yeah, you have all the fucking hippie taxes. So like uh, mm. <coughs> carbon footprint tax and plastic straw tax or whatever the fuck yeah. they attach to they electricity just... and gasoline. And then on top of that, you add the value added tax. Yeah. 
So, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm getting into. So I didn't know this. This was news to me. <laughs> I'm extra pissed off. I'm like being red pilled on electricity here because it hasn't been a problem, right? Like, I don't give a shit about these things if I can pay them and there's no problem. But now these are, things are becoming a problem. So then you have to think about it, and I hate it. So the energy tax is 36 euro on the kilowatt hour. So that's not 36%, but... I mean, it could be if the if the uh, energy prices were lower than it would have been. But, uh, yeah, it's not quite. So... You pay less taxes on what you use, and then you pay taxes on the infrastructure. But on the infrastructure, I'm guessing because it's a service. Is this what you just said? Because that's a service, you pay value-added taxes on the infrastructure. So there's literally three taxes on my electricity bill. Three fucking taxes. And the thing is, what what my... um, kind friend was explaining to me the other day when he showed me this was that obviously the higher the price for electricity the more money they're going to make on the value of the tax they're literally making billions of kroner on this alone but but that's the thing is like uh there's a lot of people being like why isn't the government doing anything to you know to to the like because they like Leftist governments have been, okay, all governments, but mainly uh, leftist governments more than other governments. We've got a fascist been, government now. So. Ha- have been uh, taking on more and more debt than they can handle, like during COVID and stuff. So this is like a gift from the heavens for them, because that means that they're going to rake in and they, you know, it's going to allow them to either, you know, dash out more free gifts to everyone. Alternatively, they're they technically at least able to pay off some of the debt, <laughs> but there's no incentive. And same with the, like, I don't know how it is in Sweden, but, but in most countries in Europe, the, the way the value added tax works on electricity is that it's put so, you know, normally if you go and buy, a, say, you buy a cucumber, so it's the price of the cucumber <coughs> plus the value-added tax. So the value-added tax is calculated based on that uh, cucumber. So say it's uh, one kroner cucumber, one euro cucumber, and you have twenty-five percent value-added tax. So the price of the cucumber is one twenty-five. But the way it often works in, with electricity, so in gasoline taxes, you have the price of the gasoline, then you have like an energy tax, and then you have some environment tax, and maybe another tax. And then the value-added tax is calculated on, on that price. Mm. So you're being taxed. Taxed tax. on the tax. You're taxing <laughs> yeah. on the tax, yeah. yeah. So right. it would be like you would have like... Uh, a, a the, the cucumber again you had that cucumber for for one euro and then you had like a 10 cent uh environmental cucumber tax and then you have another five cents on uh uh five cents on um i don't know let's call it uh, farmer tax <laughs> so uh, and then on top of that you would pay that that the, the 25 percent so then that you would pay like 140 uh, my math one one year one euro and 43 cents i think 
Yeah. So you would pay, yeah, one euro 43 cents. Oh, so you would pay taxes upon the taxes. So the government's rake is for that one euro cucumber, the government would rake in 43 cents, which is this fucking insanity. And no one is, is, uh, is saying anything about it. And, you know, have you, have you ever been to the United States? No. So one thing that annoys me in the States is that they always give in, in the store, they give the prices uh, without tax. So, so if you collect crap for, say, $10, $10 into your basket and you go to the cashier, the sum you're going to pay is more than $10 because they added the tax at the... When, you, mm. when you're in the checkout. So you kind of don't like it. That annoys me as a European because like... I'm I've not noticed used that to... when you order online that they add the VAT <clears throat> yeah. in the checkout. Yeah, so so that as a European, it annoys me because like I'm used to always knowing about how, will, how much will this cost. But of course, if you live in that daily, you know, you, you get used to adding 10% or whatever the thing is in your state or so forth. But the beauty of that thing though which is uh, which 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 is why I would like us to have that same system here is that that would make people realize how much fucking tax they're paying. So like if I owned a gas station, say, I would have, you know, the signs uh, that every gas station has that says the price. Mm. I would have a second sign next to that sign that would with big ass letters say without tax. So that every person driving in and filling up a gas tank and, and and company, like if our companies weren't so fucking cocked, they would make sure that every receipt would have like printed in massive ass letters that this is how much of your purchase went to taxes. Mm -hmm. And this is how much it would have cost without because that like when, uh, and that's kind of the beauty of the value added tax and it being automatically baked in is that people the only tax they react to is what is taken from their payslip. Yeah. I so, like, and and. But this is why we're <laughs> saying like we're paying seventy-five percent tax out of yeah they, our earnings. Yeah, it's called yeah it's called the effective tax rate, and I think mm. it's like sixty seventy percent uh, mm. in in, in more, many in 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 the Nordics, but because like people like say that you have a twenty percent tax. So you're going to be like, all right, okay, 20%. It isn't that bad considering, you know, all the infrastructure, healthcare, blah, 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 you get. But then they forget that most people uh, live pretty much paycheck to paycheck. Uh, so, so like, especially the, the, the part of the society that belongs into what we would call the low-income part. So they would live paycheck to paycheck. So while their income tax would be like 20%, they forget that, say, in Sweden, it's value-added tax is 25, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So they, so they, because if you, if you live paycheck to paycheck, then you're not paying 20% tax. You're paying 45% to Sweden. Mm. Because that's because if you don't have anything left over, that means that if all your disposable income goes away, that means that you, you each month you pay taxes 45%. If you earn 100K, and this is what these so-called uh, social democrats like to say, that we need to tax the rich. But the thing is, 
even with the marginal tax, I think it's 50%, right? Uh, I think it's the same in most European countries. So once you hit like a, a really, really high income earner, you start paying 50% tax. Mm. So say that you earn 10,000 euros a month and you pay 50% tax. And you have your normal living expenses a uh, little bit. You're still probably going to have disposable income, like meaning once you paid all your dues, you're still probably going to have two and a half grand uh, to put away for a rainy day or save or do whatever you want. So even that, so this is how they keep, you know, cheating the electorate. They're like, we're well, going to tax the rich. But the, the rich can afford in a way to pay that tax because, sure, it sucks for them as well, but they're, they're not going to be living paycheck to paycheck. So the, the, the tax, so while the, the rich one is paying 50%, but they still have two and a, two and a half K over to do what the hell they want with at the end of the month, save it, invest in stocks, whatever. If you live paycheck to paycheck, you're still paying 45%. So they, in, in reality, it becomes like, the rich person is then paying 5% more. But on paper, it looks like they're paying, you know, 30% more than you are if you're, mm. if you're low income. And people, they don't never stop to think about this. Yeah, but I think we spoke about it at some point. But the, it, this um, tax ladder really hits hard on, on the working class that yeah. just barely makes it onto the next step of the ladder and yeah. then ends up paying like more taxes than before actually making less money than if they were just slightly lower so they sometimes you don't want to pay raise and sometimes you don't want to work a weekend because it's going to put you just on the next bracket which will take away more money so that's that's silly but the thing is like they were saying in the chat taxes are fine if you have a socially responsible government that was Blankion that said that that's true but we don't have to have these high taxes this is because we have a collapsing society that they have to mend while replacing us racially in our country. This is a very expensive project. If we didn't have all these burdens, we could live pretty fine and dandy. And the proof of that is like uh, Vattenfall, for example, is a state-owned energy company. They're the One ones, of the biggest in Europe. Yeah, they're the ones making all this fucking money. And they're reporting these these record exports yeah. while Swedes are paying out of their ass for these electricity bills. Both the exports and the extra big bills we have to pay to Vattenfall, yeah. that's supposed to be our money. That's here, a government-owned business. We have the same here in Finland, but even worse right now. Because of Fortum, which is the Finnish version of Vattenfall, yeah. <laughs> they don't, one of the biggest... Uh, I think Vattenfall and Fortum are probably in, in the top biggest energy producers in, in, <clears throat> in Europe because the Nordic countries has a lot of energy. Mm. So Fortum sold the energy grid that we were talking about earlier uh, some Euro- years ago. The European thing. Or... <laughs> no, no, but the, the infrastructure. Yeah. So they, or, they used to own part of it. So they, got, so they sold, so the state-owned company sold part of the, the grid that they own to a multinational corporation who immediately, of course, raised prices because what the fuck are you going to do? Because you can't pick who's delivering your <laughs> electricity. Mm. And I think they, I'm paraphrasing, but I think they got 8 billion euros for that. 
Mm. What what they did was that they, instead of you know giving it back as as dividends to to the shareholders, which in this case majority is state owned, so back to the taxpayer, <laughs> they decided that they're gonna go and buy Uniper in in Germany. So they invested that in in Germany, and uh, here's the kicker: <laughs> Uniper makes most of their electricity in in gas by natural gas mm. so now when natural gas went fucking haywire mm. <laughs> and they had made these long-term contracts with especially uh, with customers that you're gonna pay x amount of for kilowatt hour and then the german government came in and said no you you can't like you're tied into this so so the fourth them true uniper had to buy natural gas super expensively <laughs> And sell the energy really cheap because they made contracts, which is completely fine. And in a normal circumstance, they would just go bankrupt and that's it. Uh, because they made bad business. But here's the thing is, instead of letting it go bankrupt, the German taxpayer, as well as the Finnish taxpayers, pumped in money to this fucking Uniper thing. And then the German government bought... Uh, Fortum's share of this Uniper for pennies on the dollar. So not only did the Finnish state or the taxpayer get screwed over by the, the energy grid being sold, the money from that trade never got back to the to the Finnish state and the taxpayer. It was invested in Germany <laughs> where they lost it all and had to sell the assets on pennies on the dollar and be left with fucking nothing. <laughs> and on top of this, they're raking in massive wins in Finland and, and other parts because of the high energy prices. So like you're you're getting like yeah. it's like getting fifty raped. shades of being fucked. <laughs> yeah. <But> it's, <laughs> it's, it's like uh, yeah. yeah. But what I meant with this uh, Vattenfall, and I'm guessing it's the same for that companies that the yeah. the earnings is supposed to be our state revenue isn't it yeah it's supposed to be what we make to pay for nibbles yeah. to come and live in our countries i guess <laughs> yeah. but like for sweden for example you're saying we're one of the biggest exporters of energy to europe right now and we're also the biggest steel exporter so we should be like the richest fucking country in the world because there's only seven to eight million ethnic swedes here Maybe even less. I mean, with, without this massive burden on our shoulders, we could be living the high life, you know. But like, we just can't and, have that. And this brings us back to the to unifying the Nordics. The the, yeah. the Nordics combined would have mm, like what oil, 20 forest, million. steel, energy. Yeah. yeah, twenty-five million people, give or take five million here and there. <laughs> so, Nordic blood. Uh, Aryans, yeah. no, like we would have unlimited supply of timber and and that steel, oil, gas, energy. Like we would be so rich and wealthy as a society if we just did things right. But this this comes back to the, uh, in a way, like you know the the founding fathers in the I can't remember which one of them, but but basically said what what the problem with democracy is. And democracies will always become degenerate in the sense that 
the party that is willing to give more Gibbs is the one that's going to win, and ultimately it ruins everything. And that's the thing. If you listen to our politicians, it's never about saving anything. It's always we need to increase taxes so that we can keep this party going. Mm. It's, it's never like, you know, why don't they, they could publish like a fucking massive Excel file with every uh, payment the government makes and let the people see. Be like, hey, do we actually need to buy coffee for what a 10 million kruna a year for different government instances? No, we don't. They can buy their own coffee. Do we have to give X billion to Africa? No, we don't. We can just cut it out. Mm. Do we have to do we actually have to have all the government offices in the city center of Stockholm and pay these massive rents? No, we don't. We can have open one in fucking Buda or whatever. Mm. Like, there's a million ways. And the thing is that, when, when, and this is also the trick the politicians always do is that, so what are you going to cut on? Are you going to cut on the healthcare? Are you going to? But the thing is, like, the oldest, tri- yeah, the oldest trick in the book is that many, many small streams make a river. Like, there's this pretty famous. Um, I can't remember his name actually now, <laughs> but anyway, there's this pretty notorious uh, CEO. He he comes into to crisis companies and basically and he cuts it off. He just shuts uh, it down. Uh, cut, cut cuts cuts the cuts the fat basically. Oh, he doesn't shut uh, it down. Okay. <laughs> no, no, but he, he he he's he's called one of those. Uh, there's a term for them, but uh, they're basically bad cops in the sense that they come in and they just. Oh, you mean those? They, they get hired to, like, uh, fire people and, you know. And, you know, make the company profitable again. Yeah. And there's a good interview with this guy, and he says that, you know, the the, the th- one common denominator when he, he co- goes into a company is that they've been trying to look at, you know, this massive saving. That what if we sh- shut down this one factory here or move that factory to China? But the biggest savings come... When you go in and you start looking that hey, we're paying like uh, paying for a month monthly, we're having an expense of one million dollars for corporate cars to people who sit in an office. Why can't they have their own car? And like you know, the way he turns them around is that he finds all these expenses that are small but combined become massive. And that's the same you could do in 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 uh, that we should do as a society and then. That's how the thing should work, but it never does that because we just keep on increasing taxes. Mm-hmm. And this is a very interesting thing that I was going to bring up, is that the moderates, uh, which are the ruling party right now, they promised to cut all these taxes. And last week I was talking about, you know, the plastic bag tax that they added, uh, that instead of paying one kroner per plastic bag, you're paying like seven or eight kroner now. Hmm. They promised to get rid of that. They said, we don't need that. That's a silly tax. Like yeah. Both the Sweden Democrats and the moderates agreed. And now they're in power. They have all the tools in the toolbox. They're like, mm, nah, I don't know if we're going to be able to do that. And now they're going to, uh, they've already done it because it started on the 1st of January. They decided to shock increase the electricity tax. So they've increased it with 9%. 
And uh, there was some illuminating comments from some fucking bitch. I don't know who it was. Uh, so, yes, Elisabeth Svanteson. She, oh, she, she's our new uh, finance minister, apparently. You should know this stuff. Very involved. So she says that this shows why inflation is bad, basically. Mm-hmm. That's her comment on it. So why are you increasing taxes? You said you were going to lower taxes. This says here, the moderates have previously spoken about uh, reducing it or completely getting rid of it for a few months. But now they're increasing it instead. And she's saying, hmm, this is why inflation is pretty bad, huh? Sorry. Like there was a, was a comment in, in the chat that about that, uh, that conservative parties get elected with lowering the Gibbs. But that's yeah, but actually this is not... the same. Yeah, this is the... <laughs> yeah. And that, that's not really true. Like, I mean, Donald Trump is the perfect example. Sure, he might have reduced the Gibbs for social welfare things. But at the same time, he increased the fucking budget to, to hell and back. Didn't he give like five billion to Nibbas or something like that? Yeah, but even like if you like he he pushed for a huge increase in defense spending. Mm. So defense spending in the U.S., for example, in, in every country, basically, except for communist China, uh, uh, that means that that money is channeled to private military and defense companies that create the weapons and whatnot. So the, the thing is that this is the, the great delusion of the political game is that the left increases spending on, peop- on people in the sense that usually the least productive ones, you know, the alcoholics, the drug addicts, the immigrants, uh, and so forth. And then you have the charade when you have a par uh, election, we're going to cut spending on uh, immigration, this and that and the other. But then on the other side, they stop giving out more, you know, we're going to support business. So they give uh, uh, stimulus or, or startup money or, or a new innovation funds or increased spending on, on the defense industry. So the spending never really changes. And, and uh, sure, you might have that, that the, the rate of spending might be lower with conservative parties in general than the left. And one of the side effects is like if you in, if you invest in, say, the defense spending and that money goes to the to bigger orders. So that, of course, creates more unemployment. So so you're using tax revenue to, to, to create employment and thus getting income tax and so forth back. Uh, which, which is not a problem per se, like the government investing in creating jobs. But but if you start looking at it, uh, the the spending is insane. I look at the UK; they're like completely screwed, and they had a conservative uh, yeah. uh, government for how, God knows how long. And and that's the thing. And the thing is that the conservatives will elect, uh, will say things, and then once they're in power. They're not going to do half the things, just like all the other ones. Um, no. Like I was saying last week, like the only thing we were hoping for yeah. is to have cheaper petrol and yeah. slightly cheaper electricity. Yeah. Like they would work towards getting nuclear power back and be more realistic when it comes to the energy needs. But instead, they're just increasing all these taxes. Like 
They're saying, this was already in the works. This is nothing we could have stopped. Yeah, but you you literally promised the opposite. Like, usually they promise shit that they don't do. Mm-hmm. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. That's normal. But now yeah. they're actually promising something and doing the opposite. Yeah. That's fucking rude, man. That's just... <laughs> really that, that, that's that's why like i have this running joke of mine when people uh, like ask me so who are you gonna vote for uh very often i'm gonna say the like, nazis no i'm gonna be like the leftist party of course like <laughs> what because they you know there might be some conservative like well at least they tell me outright they're gonna screw me over well the conservatives pretend they're not but they're still gonna do the same and you know that russell there jimmy is so bad and uh, then i have a laugh at it i walk on on my way and uh, you know i know i ruined the conservatives day that's always fun mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but um no I, I think like the problem with conservatism i mean we've discussed this so many times on the show is that it, it's always conserving the current rate of decay Mm. It's never going backwards and, you know, fixing things. They're just maintaining whatever the social democrats have been doing for the last eight years. They're just going (laughs) to prolong that at a slower pace or whatever. And that's a good example. We're having elections coming up now in Finland and you have like, it looks like it's going to be the biggest party is going to be the the conservative party. And and the, the leader of the conservative party says that, we are going to keep on doing the green change or whatever the hell they're called. Like, mm, we're, we're not going to, like, and, you know, of, obviously, I don't have any issue with protect, protecting our environment and, you know, not, you know, Ted dumping. <laughs> yeah. And, or dumping, uh, you know, waste into our lakes and stuff. But what he's saying that he's going to continue doing is more of this nonsense about let's tax us to fucking hell and back. Let's ban everything that makes life even barely fun. Uh, like, you know, driving your car, heating your home, like, you know, let's everything. Let's go that back makes... to the Stone Age, literally. Yeah, like, that's yeah, the that's, green way. That's the thing they're pushing. Yeah. Rather than being like, hey, why the fuck is Sweden with 10 million people? having targets that are 10 times harder than anyone else when China pollutes the same in an hour than we do in a year. And then they yeah. come back, everybody but needs it, to do their part. Like, yeah, fuck but it's that. the same, no. it's the same thing with the electric, electric cars. Yeah. Like Sweden yeah. is now fucking head over heels into this thing. Yeah. Like we've got so much yeah. of this stuff going on. They're going to build these loading stations and what, you're going to pay these electricity prices to charge your useless car? Yeah. You think that's yeah. going to work? It's not going to work. It's it's dead before it even began. And I think this is going to be like the in the ruins, like in yeah. a few decades when you're walking around the wasteland, you're going to find these useless fucking electric cars. You're like, what were they but thinking? It's, it's the same like, you remember, you don't even have to go back to, is it 2005, six. We had the last round of this, and then back. Remember back then, everyone would get an ethanol car, mm. and the, the mixed yes, fuel yeah, cars. Yeah, that was fucking shit. Everyone was fucking crazy about them. They bought them and they paid huge extra cost to have these like mixed fuel engines and whatnot. And then yeah. it just you know it fucking flopped because obviously it flopped. Uh, <laughs> and this is gonna be the same thing. And then you have these idiots that paid. 60 to 70,000 euros to get an electric Tesla. Uh, 
uh, and no one wants to buy them. And then they're going to go and cry in media. Like, hey, the government taught me, they taught me that I'm going to buy this one and I'm broke and I have see. Uh, and they're going to be, I'm going to sit here with my gasoline clunker and just laugh at them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Sure. But somehow I'm still going to end up paying for their fucking Tesla like we already do because we give them all kind of tax credits. But yeah, you know, but that's going to run out soon and uh, yeah. no one's going to be able to afford this. But uh, yeah, so that's the National Socialist uh, Economy talk for the week. <laughs> People are waiting for the Jews like they tune in to hear about the Jews. So, yeah, so I got a clip here to... Uh, preface the next article here anti-semitism i never understood why people like this that leave messages like this believe that it's an insult let's take a look easy full media is owned by jews plus the biggest banks they help each other promoting financing their products at the end they own everything like you meant it as an anti-Semitic slur, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Should I take offense to that? I mean, like I'm kind of proud of it. Like I'm not going to hide from it. Oops. Yeah. So that's something that we already know. We're going to talk about other stuff we already know in a bit. But uh, I was going to show you this one. Oh, no, I haven't prepped that bit. We'll do like that for now. This article right here from Oxfam International. They've been doing some research into the richest people in the world. So it says here, richest 1% bag nearly twice as much wealth as the rest of the world put together over the past two years. So the richest 1% grabbed nearly two-thirds of all the new wealth worth $42 trillion created since 2020, almost twice as much money as the bottom 99% of the world's population, reveals a new Oxfam report today. During the past decade, the richest 1% had captured around half of all new wealth. Survival of the Richest is published on the opening day of the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Elites are gathering in a Swiss ski resort as extreme wealth and extreme poverty has increased simultaneously for the first time in 25 years. While ordinary people are making daily sacrifices on essentials like food, the super-rich have outdone even their wildest dreams. Just two years in, this decade is shaping up to be the best yet for billionaires. A roaring 20s boom for the world's richest, said Gabriella Bucher. Executive Director of Oxfam International. Taxing the super-rich and big corporations is the door out of today's overlapping crisis. It's time we demolish the convenient myth that tax cuts for the richest result in their wealth somehow trickling down to everyone else. Forty years of tax cuts for the super-rich have shown that a rising tide doesn't lift all ships, just the super-yachts. Billionaires have seen extraordinary increase in their wealth during the pandemic and cost of living crisis years since 2020. Uh, $26 trillion of all new wealth was captured by the richest 1%, while $16 trillion went to the rest of the world put together. A billionaire gained roughly $1.7 million for every $1 of new global wealth and earned by a person in the bottom 90%. 
Billionaire fortunes have increased by $2.7 billion a day. This comes on top of a decade of historic gains. The number and wealth of billionaires having doubled over the past 10 years. So when we're talking about these energy prices and we're talking about these fucking rich assholes, I'm just wondering when the pitchforks are going to come out. Because I can't imagine that we're going to live in a society where we're going to watch these people still eating in the fancy restaurants when Swedish, hard-working Swedish people are fucking starving. Like, I can't see that in front of me. Are we that fucking cucked? <laughs> like, what's it going to take? What's going to break the camel's back? What do you think? I mean, this is such like, I just, while you were reading, I just, just for the hell of it, like always these that cry out. So this Gabriela Bucher. Yeah, she's probably so the, the director of Oxfam. So compensation among charities in the UK, Oxfam, salary of CEO, so her, £120,936. It's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Keep on donating, boys. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, these... They don't give a shit about her. I just... Uh, <laughs> she can also go to the Gallibacke. Yeah. The thing is that I don't really care about the, the top 1% having $5 trillion or whatever. <coughs> I, I just don't give a shit. It's like, okay, fine. Whatever. That's because you're not like, poor. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying that focusing on them <clears throat> is not going to solve anything. Solving it is to make sure that the people take power. Yeah. Yeah. But we so can use take... this information yeah. to gain power. No, but that's that's what you know your average communists are doing, and I think like well, there's better ways to to reach power than sitting and crying about some you know uh, Bezos flying to the moon in a penis rocket. Like you know, <laughs> there's I, I would rather talk about because that doesn't really touch the average Joe. What touched them is that you know there's 50 gypsies in front of every grocery store they go to. That they can't go to the dentist, that they can't go to the doctor. Yeah, but why are they there? It's because of these rich Jews. No, they're not. Mm. It's because of our fucking idiots leading us and doing what they're told rather than buying Because they were told right. by rich Jews. Yes, yes, but it's like at the end of the day, we need to go to the core of the problem in our own... Jews have very high IQs on average. In, in our own circle. Like, I mean... You have a very high wage <laughs> on average. And, and, you know, you have like, you know, you have these Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk's and they're like, oh, I'm going to save the planet with my fucking electric cars. And then they fly zigzag. But they're the, the goys you're allowed to hate. Yeah. You but then find... they fly with their private jets and stuff like that. You know, I just don't see any benefit. In, in even focusing I mean it's shit of course it's stupid that somebody has a trillion dollars or 600 billion dollars or even 1 billion dollars and one person doesn't need that much money <laughs> and um, no. 
<clears throat> and but but we're not gonna fix it by like just whining about it in the sense so uh yeah but you use this information to mm, yeah. gain influence the thing is the banks obviously mm. have made record uh, profits this mm -hmm. year because there are more debts than ever people are paying mm. higher interest rates than ever and people are literally losing their homes so these people are part of the one percent or slightly under the one percent i guess but that's also like the <coughs> actually it's the, the 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 banks are kind of the ultimate jury in the sense that, you know they they keep doing these things and then when they end up in in trouble the the taxpayer bails them out uh but but Considering that all these, like in a way, I'm I'm welcoming the higher interest rates and 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 that because a lot of the people that you would meet on the street or whatever that you would talk about political issues, they would not give two shits because they would have their Tesla, they would have their nice inner city apartment, they would, you know, they were able to live in the in their own little bubble because of the low interest rates. And now there's a reality check. And I think that the, the likelihood of waking people up is way bigger when they're in a re reality check moment where life is hard for them than, than it is when everything is nice and dandy. Yeah, but I that's mean, when you point out who has all the fucking money, communist yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah, Let's we can go. do that. I'm not yes. saying we can't do it. But personally, I don't do. really, <laughs> really We're care. doing it. Yeah. Getting the flyers. But I mean, uh, I doubt. NSDAP would have risen to power had it not been for the hyperinflation and, and all that stuff. No, but they called so, out who the, had all the fucking power yeah, in the yeah. country and who subverted it. You know? Yeah, yeah, but we need to, and we can do it here. Like, we should focus on the our domestic uh, individuals rather than somebody living. Yeah, in, for sure. I mean, yeah, but you have a that problem. That was kind of my you point. Have a problem here. A, you have a fucking yeah. problem. We live in yeah. a globalist world. And as this documentary that I've been meaning to watch and haven't, it's a very good documentary that I started to watch by Jonas Nielsen that's called The Power Brokers You Didn't Elect. Yeah, yeah. And that the first part of that documentary goes through how a lot of people think that the family Wallenberg in Sweden has a lot of influence, a lot of power. They but actually, uh, BlackRock owns... Mm -hmm most of that mm. or parts of it at least and have obviously a lot more assets than Wallenberg combined so you have that globalist problem and the BlackRock is part of this one percent that owns basically everything on this planet and if we don't make people understand that black like no matter what happens in their life like for example now that you can't pay your house and you have to sell it now BlackRock's going to come in and buy it at a fraction of the price that you bought it for. Black that's how it works. That's, that's what they've been doing in America. Yeah, yeah, and that's what Jews do on, in every economical collapse. They're always there to pick up the scraps. But I think, yeah, I think it's Blackstone. They're BlackRock and Blackstone. I think Blackstone is the one doing the, uh, the whole thing. No, buying, it's BlackRock. <clears throat> but, but what... There's one thing that, like, if we can go on a little tangent here, 
and like you said like they they pick up the the grains you know but but if you look at i keep mixing them up black rock black rock is the is the is the one that has the etfs uh that anyone can kind of buy in on so mm, the public yeah. market and blackstone is the the private equity <coughs> thing him above but 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 the thing is there's a built-in built-in problem in 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 our circles and it is that we are so against all this speculation and all that that we don't mm-hmm. want to touch it that's right but if we played the game a little bit right we could have a national socialist investment fund no <laughs> no that's the problem but you <laughs> could it to the and, and, and and you know we could pull pool resources and buy influences in in comp like you know play the game their way and instead of you know if we buy a big like if once you pool enough resources like blackrock and they have that say that you pool enough resources instead of going and owning a big share of audi and saying that you're going to sponsor a pride parade you can go in and say hey actually you're going to take an anti-pride stance you know, once once you once you've got the shekels and the control, you can start doing a lot of things. Uh, and that's something I've actually been kind of half thinking about. Why is it? Why doesn't there exist? The yeah, but what fucking shekels yeah. is it? Like that's a lot of shekels. You, it just yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah, but like, you need to start somewhere. No, it's point. a fucking monopoly board. It's only <laughs> bo- already bought and paid for. It's full. There's nothing to speculate on. It's already done. Yeah, but that's, that's how I mean. You don't speculate, and that, that and that's as I said. There's a built-in problem in 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 our midst. Is that I think, like, we've talked about you know building a parallel economy that we should buy stuff from from people that are like-minded. So rather than buying a book on Amazon, you buy it on uh, Ant- Antelope Hill, right? So, mm. So rather than buying on Amazon, you buy it there. Like, you know, we, we should have our own parallel economy. But I think a part of that would also be <clears throat> that we should uh, have uh, our own investments in the sense that, you know, you could have a national socialist investment fund that invests in these companies. Like the, but what the, bank the, is going to allow that when all the banks are run by Jews? No, but you have your own investment fund. That's what I'm saying. So rather than because like what limits a business? Say you have a, a a national national openly national socialist business that is doing well. They have profits, and they're doing well. But what is limiting them from earning more and becoming bigger is usually that they can't get a loan to buy uh, more bigger equipment so they can produce more. For example. Because so so they're always uh, ha- having their hands, you know, tied behind their back. Because uh, a cocked company can go to a bank and say, "Hey, we we're making a fifty percent, okay, fifties kind of thing. We're like, okay, we have a thirty-five percent margin on this, and there's more demand that we can keep up with. We would need uh, one million to buy new manufacturing or a new facility, so that we can produce more. And you're gonna, you know." So they, they will get the loan because they can obviously pay back, right? 
But a NS company that barely can have a bank account can't do that. So they're like they're they're fighting with their hands tied. But what if you had an NS investment fund that they can go there? Look, we're making this. We want to become bigger and stuff. And you would have our kind of people loaning to our kind of people so that they can become bigger and better and employ more people. Because they can't mm. get that from anywhere. You, you're following my idea here. Yeah, somewhat. I just don't think that yeah. that's allowed. And it's going to be it shut is. down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but of course, like an investment fund, anyone can create an investment fund as long as you, you know, do the bureaucracy and you don't say openly. I mean, you don't go, you don't go and name it the, <laughs> the Hitler investment fund. 1488 fund. fund. <laughs> no, but... You know, you, you call it a a alternative business venture capital fund, you know, and, and then off you go. But that would also mean that you would need to have people running it that ha- do know how to, you know, do the calculations and do the due diligence and stuff and actually manage the, the funds well. And in return, if if you would have our people pooling money into such a fund that it isn't your online grief, you know, <laughs> uh, and they would invest and they would uh, earn. If, the, if they make a successful in, uh, investment in one of our businesses, they would earn a commission on that that they would pay out back to our people. Like, you know, so it, it's a complete parallel economy, not just, you know, buying and selling stuff uh, from ourselves, but also building the necessary infrastructure to allow companies to grow quicker than they they can right now. And and I think like there's a lot of businesses out there that, that, that are really good and stuff, uh, but they can't find financing, you know? Yeah, but they're they're not allowed to have bank accounts. (laughs) Yeah. But even if they are allowed to have bank accounts, they, they can't find financing. So you're stuck with your, your, uh, pitchfork. No, no. Let's say you have like one lathe, and you have you're making these really nice uh, wooden spoons. (laughs) Everyone wants your yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good investment. Yeah, you know, and uh, there's ten times more demand of wooden spoons from you than you can produce. But if you had two more people plus two more lathes, or two more people are working, no one makes them like I do. And you could actually meet that demand and still be profitable. But in order to do that, to get going, you would need to have, you know, either loan money so that you can pay them until you start creating the revenue. That That's like, that's the beauty of, of uh, and that's like when Hitler uh, spoke about, you know, he, he didn't have issues with investments that produce something of value and good for the people. It was the speculation that was the problem. And then you could actually do that. You see here's a proper person doing a good business, a good product that serves people. You know, it's not just, you know, show me a pussy on uh, what it's called. Only fans. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah only I'm going to get one of those. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <clears throat> I think if we want to, to become bigger, like as as and create like you know what, what is it called in south africa orangia uh, the, the white people oh, got yeah. together yeah and they have their own farms their own schools they have everything and you know they have a complete parallel society 
Yeah. But yeah. But in order to to get to that point, you know, you can take things global as well. So you can make sure because we we talk about a lot that hey, uh, if you become a public figure and speak about issues, you pretty much become unemployable, right? Mm. So how do you solve that? Well, you create employers that don't give a shit, and and uh, and that's basically what the what the the favorite tribe of ours is doing. So that they have these networks, they're always protected. We don't because we're too. Sometimes we're too too principled for our own good, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but we're a different kind of people, and we need to find yeah. different uh, strategies to win. We cannot be like Jews. No, it doesn't but that, work. That, but that is, but it's not being like them. It's it's actually showing people around you that here's an alternative. Mm. That rather than going and working for that uh, store that sells pride bags, you can come here to. Andreas wooden spoon factory <laughs> and and earn a little bit better and also have uh, fun while at work and you don't need to uh, feel that you're going to get fired because of your social media posts unless you post some alpha shit <laughs> mm. yeah yeah that's true but I still say fuck the 1% and uh, the Jews that are going to eat nice meals while we starve and I do hope that the Nord gets some fucking backbone at some point when they're going to break. We'll see. But we're going to have a little break here and we're going to play your favorite kind of music. It's more rap and enjoy for a few minutes. It was settled in the stars Did this planet I be thrust Just to bless it with bars To get morale to the soldiers No standing on the shoulders of the soldiers Before them. most of us came from the forums And now we're here in the streets We've suffered many defeats But brother, what's a lost battle When the war was in reach Cause we were born to be citizens Of the kingdom of discipline Gotta say what I feel The Roman spirit is real You can't ignore it in peace You know you're missing the peace Of our God-given destiny To rule this world at very least Cut the shit, just admit You've always been aware of it You wanted answers and you never got them from your therapist Well here it is in English, it's the same in other tongues You'll never find yourself until your final destiny is done So no matter what happens, when I die I'll be laughing Cause all the dead is my flesh, I speak you are to the death And it's I like, I feel it in my bones, only place I feel at homes In the columns I'll be fighting, but never alone I think away dreaming, with eyes open I'll be smoking Making legionaries out the broken is the slogan I can feel it in my bones, only place I feel at homes In the columns I'll be fighting, but never alone I think away Dreaming with eyes open, not be hoping. Making legionaries out the broken is the slogan. The only way to fly higher is a course through the ring of fire, carrying the torch of a glorious empire. And to sit back and contemplate the grit and the grind of your great grandfather's legacy he left behind. Cause every drop of his blood and sweat he shed it for you. He didn't do it for parasites, he meant it for you. And all I said I would do, I'm steady getting it done. You either die as a hero or live in shame as you run. You wanna bear the torch's fire that you play in the sun. Infidels fear me, but the faithful can hear me I'll make it happen, and if 
clapping, that's about when you're clapping I'm here to tell you we'll all die together Looking back and laughing I can feel it in my bones Only place I feel at homes In the columns I'll be fighting But never alone I lay awake dreaming With eyes open I'll be soaping Making legionaries out the broken is the slogan I can feel it in my bones Only place I feel at homes In the columns I'll be fighting But never alone I lay awake dreaming With eyes open I'll be soaping Making legionaries out the broken is the slogan I can feel it in my bones Only place I feel at homes In the columns I'll be fighting But never alone I lay awake dreaming With eyes open I'll be soaping Making legionaries out the broken is the slogan I can feel it in my bones Only place I feel at homes In the columns I'll be fighting But never alone I lay awake dreaming With eyes open I'll be soaping Making legionaries out the broken is the slogan Yo, this is Rob Rondo here from Will to Rise. You're listening to the Nordic Frontier, the final solution to all your podcast problems. The uh, final solution to all your podcast problems. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. Are you prepared to bug out? Infidel Body Armor and an Army Ranger have produced a high-speed DVD and book to show you how to drive in combat, patrol, and how to survive in combat. Skills you'll need when it hits the fan. Go to DrivenDVD.com. DrivenDVD.com. Today we call it bone broth, and for thousands of years our ancestors enjoyed its benefits before it became lost to our modern diets of processed junk. We are now introducing Caveman by InfoWarsLife.com, the ultimate in true paleo nutrition with bone broth, turmeric root, chaga mushroom, and seven total primal superfoods in a single great-tasting formula. Caveman. It's those people living in the wilds having to actually build civilization that are our superior ancestors, and we need to do everything we can to recapture that. Every Everyone knew that you used all the parts of the animal. You used the meat for sustenance, the fat for cooking, but you used the bones for strength. From the outside structure full of minerals and key cofactors to the marrow that produces the blood for the body, this is the engine of the life essence. I'm a long way from the caveman my ancestors were, but I'm sure as hell trying to get back to that essence that made us what we were, and this is a big part of it. I know you're going to want to check out Caveman Ultimate Paleo Formula for yourself and ForwardsLife.com today. Kanye West doesn't like us. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> he said, Jews control the media and Jews control the planet. Two weeks after he said that, 
He got kicked out of the media. <laughs> and he lost all of his campaigns. He lost the campaign in Adidas. And he went to the Adidas ugly girlfriend, uh, Sketchers. <laughs> and he didn't book a meeting. He just showed up. Hey, guys, I want to have a campaign with you. And they told him, mm, sorry, we're also Jews. <laughs> Listen, guys. Let's, whoever is not Jewish here, first of all, you're welcome, and Israel loves everyone. <laughs> but you have to understand something. With all respect, God chose us. <laughs> not you. He chose us in the desert, and when God chose us, He told us, listen guys, I'm choosing you. And we even told Him, listen, we're not that special, maybe, no, no. You're all the ones, I'm choosing you. You are the ones. He's like, okay, what do you want us to do? And he said, nothing. You tell everyone that you are the chosen. <laughs> and also, they're going to be your little brothers. You will take care of them too. You're going to be the one that's responsible, and I'm going to even make you smarter for making this happen. And that's what he did. He made us smarter. And he gave us the plan to control, and we're doing, <laughs> and we're doing an amazing job. So there's two clips of Jews uh, basically making jokes about running the world, and it is kind of funny, I have to admit, when uh, he's saying things like, in passing, that's why we rule the world, or that's why we run the world. It's just that we are not allowed to say that. We could so. make a lot of funny humor based on what Jews do, what Jews are, what they have done. But we go to prison when we do it. And they can sit there and they can stand there and they can make these jokes at our expense and have this audience, probably a lot of Jews in the audience, and enjoying this, but a lot of guys for sure, at like... It's like self-deprecating laughter. Like they're laughing at our own demise in our own countries, them ruling over us because Israel is so good, right? Well, you know, why don't you grow a few curls and then just, you know, start identifying as one, you know, call yourself Andreas Shlomoson or something and <laughs> start making it. No one's going to dare question if you're a Jew or not. You're just going to call them an anti-Semite. Yeah, we'll have to try. Yeah, someone on Twitter did that recently. It was quite <laughs> funny. It was a Swedish guy that had quite a big following. And uh, <laughs> I think it was to do with the Elon Musk getting... Yeah. Oh, no, no, Yay getting shut down, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but it, yeah, sure, it's true. But the thing is... But you know what What? What the most screwed up thing here is? It. it it's not even the fact that <clears throat> we would get go into prison saying those things like you know if we if we pull the same joke Kanye West the, sc oh, yeah. the screwed up thing is that your average normie if you go and say exactly that to your average normie they're going to yeah, look crazy. at you like yeah mm. But That's if they true. look at that, they're going to laugh and think it's funny because then they're suddenly allowed to connect the dots. This is how deep their programming goes. Yeah, it is. It's uh, emotional uh, knee-jerk reaction. They wanna... 
Right, so we're going to get into the night's uh, topic. It's it's not, you know, it's it's a story that I really wanted to tell. But, uh, yeah. And it's about the political harassment that our activists uh, go through. And uh, it comes in the form of... I didn't fix that. Of uh, our activist, Joachim Kanisto. He reports the police to the Chancellor of Justice after years of harassment. Or harassment. I don't know. Is it American? English? Something like that. And uh, the story is, like, he's a... I don't want to say that every activist goes through this, but a lot of activists, especially in the Stockholm area, has gone through similar things. You say it like that. And we read here on NordicResistanceMovement.org. Joachim Kanistu is one of the most active activists in Sweden's Nest One. It is also well known to Swedish readers as one of the hosts of the Meren Ud podcast. It's an activist podcast in Swedish. Because of this, he has become a target for political harassment by police. The security police agency Sapo have also targeted Joachim, reporting him to social services in 2020, along with other parents active in the resistance movement. When Nordfront investigated Sapo's social services reports and asked questions about Joachim's case, Joachim was sent a sinister text message by the Sapo agent who stated that he was now extra interested in Joachim. Not long after this, the Handelsbanken Bank informed Joachim that he was no longer welcome as a customer. So here you have the secret police are reporting our members to the social services so that they can come and investigate if their children are in trouble in their homes. Obviously these reports were null and void. They came there and saw that everything was fine. But then they became extra interested in Joachim and then he lost his bank accounts, his private bank accounts. However, it has primarily been the Stockholm police who have targeted Joachim over the years. Nordfront has investigated Joachim's case, reviewing several police reports, Joachim's own account of events and his various complaints against the police. Joachim says that the harassment began in 2019, after he started becoming increasingly active in the Nordic resistance movement. He also began writing political posts under his own name on social media, various forums and in comment sections. That year, two police officers searched Joachim's apartment on the grounds that it smelt of cannabis outside the door. According to the police report, Joachim showed clear signs of being under the influence of drugs. In the report, the police claimed that Joachim had glassy, bloodshot eyes and behaved nervously. Because Joachim does not use drugs and was home with his children when the police broke in, he became upset and questioned the police actions, leading to him being handcuffed. During the house search, the police dug through Joachim's garbage and confiscating some old loose snooze that we spoke about before, the tobacco you put under your lip. They claimed that it was hash, or hashish. 
informing him that he was under suspicion of drug offences. The police took Joachim's Joachim for drug test for a drug test, while the National Forensic Center was tasked with testing the old snooze. Unsurprisingly, the test showed that Joachim did not have any drugs in his system. The Swedish police can use more or less fabricated suspicions. Wait. The Swedish police can use more or less fabricated suspicions about drug use to conduct house searches. Assertions of someone looking tired or having red eyes are completely subjective, while the introduction of up to six months imprisonment for minor drug offences means the police can use such evaluations as a pretext to search someone's home. In practice, minor drug offences are punishable by a fine, and as far as Nordfront is aware, never result in a prison sentence. Here's a picture of a snooze. After the incident, Joachim told Nordfront he received an amusing call from the National Forensic Center. They asked if I had wanted to claim ownership of the confiscated item. <laughs> In other words, my old loose snooze, which according to the Center of Forensics contained tobacco and nicotine. Hmm. My God. Joachim believes the police are well aware that the drug addicts live in neighboring apartments in his stairwell. He says the police chose to search his home instead of those of the known addicts when they smell the drugs, so just so they could harass him. Traffic stops and circular reasoning. Joachim is also regularly stopped by the police when driving. On these occasions, his car is usually searched. Joachim explains... When they stop me, they constantly come up with very shady circular reasoning. For example, they are stopping me because they have stopped me before. Sometimes the cops say that it's because of earlier discoveries of knives and street fighting weapons in my car, even though I've never been convicted for that, and sometimes they've claimed it's because I associate with violent criminals, but they can never give examples of any violent criminal I associate with. The police used the police laws PL19 and PL20, which regulate their right to search people and vehicles for weapons when they make traffic stops. But the police regularly abuse the police laws. According to the legislative history available for PL20, there must be at least a reasonable suspicion that a weapon is inside the vehicle. The police must also make it clear that that type of object they think they will of what type of object they think they will find and where it is located in the vehicle. But in Joachim's case, the police usually justify PL20 by saying they have previously used it against him, despite the fact that it has never resulted in a conviction. On one occasion, they refused to let Joachim watch while they searched his car. The police did not allow him to have an independent witness present during the search, instead explaining that he did not have any rights here. The officers also refused to identify themselves, asserting that Joachim's request was ridiculous. One of them gave Joachim a made-up identification number before they left the scene. On that occasion, just like on other occasions, Joachim was on his way to a political demonstration, which he missed because the police detained him for more than an hour. The officers were also unreasonably heavy-handed despite the fact that Joachim was using crutches 
after having a knee operation. So here's a video of that, but it's in Swedish. But we can have a look a little bit uh, what it looks like. Okay, då tar vi kör lite grann vad som händer nu. Polisen tar och stannar oss. Frågar om min ida här del 20A. Vi ifrågasätter Kom ut. Varför det? Varför? Det handlar inte om att du säger det. Det handlar om varför. And Joachim is asking why he needs to open the door. What is his suspicion? And this is when they say that uh, he has been stopped before. It's literally the reason why they stopped him. Nej. Vi kommer igenom från en kontroll i bilen. Ja, en PL20A har jag fått höra. Yes. Kommer du öppna bilen nu? Eller Och jag har fått höra att ni kommer göra en PL20A med motivering av att... Ja, så här är det. Kommer du öppna bilen eller kommer vi behöva ta oss in på bilen på annat sätt? Jag kommer ta öppna bilen så länge ni tar och säger vilken lagstöd ni har med nu. Om du öppnar bilen så gör det mycket lättare för oss alla och för dig också. Så börja med att öppna bilen. Öppna dörren så att vi slipper ta oss in på annat sätt. Förklara. Är du ut självmant eller ska jag ta ut dig? Det är en jävla krycka. Det är bra nu. Ge mig krycka. Jätteflera chanser. Ja men. Ge mig. Du, jag är nyopererad i knät. Ja, jag ska bara spela in dig. Du bara gör som du säger istället för att få tjata. So that's how nice they are when they stop you. Continuing here. From time to time the police have searched Joachim's car and referenced PL20. When they fail to find any weapons they insist they instead seize political material like leaflets and stickers without explanation. Stopped at a workplace and charged with possession of work tools. In January 2020 Joachim's car was stopped near his workplace. After conducting their usual search, the police found two blunt Mora knives, which the activist used for work. Joachim was charged for breaching the Knife Act, but acquitted when the court found that the prosecutor could not disprove the claim that the knives were actually work tools. After that search, I had enough, said Joachim. The cops ripped the front seats of my car, so I reported damage, the damage to the police's special investigations department, but the case was dropped after they interviewed a few few officers and the SU kept the entire investigation confidential. Mm. Joachim also made several complaints to the parliamentary ombudsman, which led nowhere. The Chancellor of Justice requests statements from the police authority. In view of the harassment he experienced, Joachim decided to report the police authority to the Chancellor of Justice. In his complaint, Joachim wrote that he considers his constitutionally protected freedoms and rights have been violated by the police. My right to be free to influence political opinions is being hindered by constant harassment by the police, through continual traffic stops and by the fact that I am repeatedly stopped, detained and forced to show identification without suspicion of a crime. In response to Joachim's complaint, the Chancellor of Justice requested statements from the police authority about the traffic stops, inspections and the house search Joachim's details in his report. However, the police authority stated they lacked the information for several of the incidents and therefore claimed they never happened. Hmm. They cover things up. But when I requested the, res- the reports about all the incidents with the support of the GDPR, they suddenly appeared. Joachim explains. Nordfront has contacted the Nordic Resistance Movement activists in various parts of the country to ask if they have experienced similar harassment. Although they report mysterious traffic stops and routine checks, it is extremely unusual for the police to act in the same way they do with Joachim, 
whom they seem to want to harass constantly. When asked about why he believes the police target him so much, Joachim says, I'm one of the most active activists in Nest One, in the capital city, at the heart of Sodom. Furthermore, I travel a lot by car. For a time, the police stopped me every time they saw me. That has decreased a bit now, which might be because I have changed cars. Joachim says he is surprised the Chancellor of Justice has chosen to pursue his complaint and requests statements from the police has requested statements from the police. Even so, he is sceptical that it would lead anywhere. But if the Chancellor of Justice calls in one of the police officers and just asks questions, that officer might be a little bit unsure and think twice next time he plans to harass someone without reason. After all, the police have to follow the law. It's their own rules. Nordfrontar SE will continue to follow Joachim's complaint and his attempt to get justice for his treatment by the Stockholm police. So you can find this article on nordicresistancemoment.org. And uh, yeah, I felt like bringing this up uh, because they had a discussion in our Swedish podcast podcast, uh, earlier this week about uh, police harassment the secret police, and what is their job? How do they operate? So you might think that the secret police is there to protect the nation. Like, he wants to no, maybe instead protect they, the instead people. They hire, instead they hire Iranian spies. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, we, we never brought that story up. But yeah, that's true. Like it, when uh, when we have this level of uh, mass immigration and we have all these non-whites in our country and everyone that comes here is suddenly Swedish, it just goes to follow that they are now a part of our secret police, our most uh, secret operations inside our borders. And it's found out that they're literally selling information to abroad. Like... Um, Yeah, it can get complicated. But what they actually are in charge of doing is to protect our democracy. That's what they say. They're not here to protect the people. They're not here to protect the country. Just like the army fights for our democracy, the gay disco, the secret police have subversive operations in order to protect the democracy and that means harassing political dissidents and if I'm going to be perfectly honest it makes sense that they would do that and some people are complaining that they're not honest in what they're doing but I'm like why would they be honest about what they're doing they're subversive they're supposed to be subversive and secretive so We have in Sweden this soft, unspoken about tyranny that's going on all the time. Like you can imagine someone getting reported to the social services because they're part of a political party. They might not have done anything illegal. They have handed out a few flyers. They might have gone to a demonstration. And all of a sudden... The social services are knocking on your door or you don't have a bank account anymore. These kinds of things, that's what the Secret Service is for. 
That's what they're doing. And there is no... There's nothing to gain as a political dissident to interact with the secret police, to cut deals or to make anything, because they can make it worse. You know, they, they will never do anything that benefits you as a person. They will do deals that benefit them. And they obviously try to get people that are in a bind, maybe in a weak um, spot in their life. Like something that was discussed on the podcast is they will, if if they have political dissidents under their scope, if they see that they have marital problems, for example, or they might even cause marital tr- problems by causing economic problems or whatnot, they're now fully aware of a domestic dispute. And then they'll sit around at their morning meeting conference and they'll be like, you know, the the Andersons, they're having problems in the bedroom. So we're going to have to make a call and, uh, you know, they're going to talk to the wife and uh, about the husband's uh, political engagement and maybe... Maybe it wasn't the best thing for them to do such and such. So they literally are such cynical assholes that they will ruin normal people's lives in order to protect their democracy. And they will also call and threaten parents of young activists, uh, young people that are under 18 or just young people that are under 20. They will call the parents and say that well, now your son has joined the terrorist organizations and, um, you know, we just want him to return the weapons, that's all. So if you know where the the AK-47s are hidden, we can just pick them up and he's fine. You know? <laughs> Whatever they need to say, they will say. So they are absolute fucking scumbags. I just cannot understand being such a human being because, you know, I, I rewatched The uh, Sopranos uh, recently, a few months ago. And there are these scenes uh, with the FBI in their uh, in their meetings. I don't know, do you remember Sopranos? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, so the FBI is sitting around planning how they're going to subvert the, the family and like how they're going to put pressure on uh, Chris's fiancée, whatever her name was. Uh, yeah. And she's just a dumb bitch. <laughs> like, she's got a good heart, but she's just stupid. And that's what I found, actually, if we're getting into Sopranos. That's what I found, actually, really, really impressive with the show, is how good the acting is, how good mm-hmm. the characters are. Even though I hate them all, and they're all morally bankrupt assholes, especially Tony's a piece of shit, they're really good characters. Like, they're... they're like carved out of gold and she is she adriana yeah she is part of that stupid bitch that's just you know does stupid things and it's really good but anyway the fbi is sitting around literally planning how to subvert uh, the family and stuff like that so that's uh, like they're, they're not good guys you hate them when they do that and uh, that's what they do. It's just worse. They're also pedophiles and gay. 
the fundamental problem. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of evidence around the world that uh, <coughs> that, that there's actually former police and stuff that that have actually openly said it in from from many countries that you know that that line between a criminal and the police is very thin. <coughs> that most of the characteristics among criminals are the same things you can find in police that you know it's just the small step of a difference that one took uh to decide to 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 become a police rather than becoming a criminal mm. and and there's a good example of this you know the endless stream of corrupt cops i mean that, that there's a big one here in finland that that uh, <clears throat> blew up some years ago so the former head of the Helsinki drug unit. So, so the chief big, big boss cop there uh, was busted uh, for being a drug dealer, <laughs> basically, and working with, uh, working with criminals and, and stuff like that. He ended up in prison and stuff, and he was actually... Uh, up for another trial here that ended, I think, this spring where he was uh, accused for ordering the murder of a Swedish, in quotation marks, like Swedish, so some... some uh, Somali, of course. I think it was Turk or Kurd, but... Uh, We're no better than our Viking ancestors. That kind yeah, of Swedish. So, so some Tur- Turk or Kurd with Swedish passport... Uh, uh, organized criminal that got mur- murdered in Finland. He he was up for trial for for that. Based. I think. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, so uh, that's one. And then you know we have a million and one cases from yeah, but from the UK thing is, and the US yeah. and stuff. So so the, my point is that this is what always pisses me off with these thin blue line people. Is that. Just because somebody wears a badge or somebody is, you know, of course, like, of course, there are going to be people there who are genuinely good, who went in there and wanted to do good. And there's also cops that have quit the job because they're like, I can't agree with this shit, Uh, Mm. you know. And I think a big part of a lot of cops quitting in Sweden is that they just can't handle the the politicization of the job. <clears throat> so of course there's that, but the, the, the but the problem is that people need to fucking understand this, especially people. All fighters, especially the so-called conservatives, they need to, they really, really need to understand this. And also, the system does not reward a good, honest cop based on them being a good, honest cop. Good no, at this is what I don't good. understand. Like, yeah. at least if they're corrupt, I can understand their motivation. Yeah. But it's like in, in uh, Donny Brasco, you know, the end yeah. of Donny Brasco, where yeah. he's fucked over Al Pacino <clears throat> and he gets the medal at the end. You know, was it yeah. worth it? Yeah. No, he gets but, nothing. But, but, but even there, like, you know, he, 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 you put away like an actual like you know mafioso probably killed people and, and whatnot but but if you look at the way that the, these people like so if you have a cop that is really good at solving crimes that man matters to your average joe somebody broke into your car somebody 
uh, threatens your child. Like somebody who is really good at solving these, actually cares for the for for the victim, wants to do good. They're not gonna fucking get anywhere. Most of them, the ones that are gonna move, say in the prosecutor office, is the ones that that bag the biggest uh, uh, PR pieces. Or the same in the cops, like, okay, so he busted this notorious person or whatever. So so they're like stumbling over each other, trying to go out after these juicy bits to get the rewards rather than being rewarded for doing an overall good job. So like the system in itself is designed to fuck you over as a citizen. And that really annoys me when you have people, you hear the thin blue line. I don't know. Like. Just because someone is a cop doesn't give them you like they shouldn't be treated any differently. They they shouldn't earn like actions is what should earn respect, not the not the clothes you're wearing, not the title you have, but the the character your individual has. Yeah, but the thing is, I do think that being a police officer is a in a let's say a fantasy righteous world. Yeah. Th- that's a respectable yeah. trade. Like that's uh, something to look up to. Just like a fireman, yeah. you know, he's out there yeah. to save people and whatnot on paper, at least. Yeah. And How I think that you see a fireman, you know, stop some activist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it might not uh, put out the fire in his home and let yeah. his children burn to death. Yeah. yeah. That subversive fucking fire department. But, uh, yeah, but if we had our own police in our own dream society, we would obviously keep track of uh, subversive elements in our society and political dissidents and stuff like that. And they would be allowed to operate to a certain degree. But we would be hypocritical if we wouldn't have some system in place to shut and these that, kinds of things down before they grow. And that's the thing is like there should really be a almost like a citizen board that you know uh, citizen board that uh, uh, instead of politicians like the justice chancellor of the justice you have like uh polit- polit- political connected people making the final decision. That's the the fucked up system especially in the Nordics is that <laughs> The police are investigating their own crimes. But it's a complete bonker system. Like, you know, so you have the internal affairs, but they're also cops. So you mm. should have. Yeah, yeah you mean comp- like that. Yeah. So, so you, you should have like a completely separate, nothing to do with the police. They yeah. don't work the same. They don't have any relations with them. They're completely separate. And they should. And also, what I find one more point with the, with the thin blue line people is that. People who become cops tend to fall into a specific type of personality. It's the same personality you can find in the military as well. They follow orders. Yeah. Irregardless of fucking stupid that order is. Yeah, but we need those kind of people. Yeah. But that also means that being blanket thin blue line... Is stupid because the cops will enforce the law. So if you have shit laws, they're going to be acting accordingly. 
So that's also something that people so like I, I don't like the I don't I'm I'm not a general cop hater. <laughs> like uh, of course I, I No the the cops like we've stated for years, it's just a tool. A tool of yeah. the state. That's all they yeah. are. And and I find like all this a cab bullshit and stuff, it's just silly, like you know. Mm. Uh I don't think it brings, but I'm also not this you know, blanket thin blue line uh, kind of guy because like I think anyone able to do critical thinking should understand the basic concepts of that they will enforce the laws no matter how stupid they are. The the type of personality will follow rules. They will enforce and follow orders. That's just the way they program those people. And that's, you know, it's a good trait as long as the rules and orders are sound. But if the rules and orders are bad, the results are going to be thereafter. Yeah. And that's why I say that in our state, under our power, the police would be our tool to use, and we would use it in a similar way to protect the interests of the Nordic people. And as it is today, the system is anti-white, so the police is going to be anti-white. So you have nothing to gain from interacting with the police, giving them anything, or collaborating with the secret police. That's, um, you should you should actively fucking avoid them. Yeah, at all. And that 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 goes for any citizen. In, in my opinion, it doesn't matter if you're uh, politically active or not. If you're just the average normal Joe that goes to work and back home, watches TV and sports football, uh, eats a pizza and goes to bed, goes to work, you should still actively avoid them because, like, there's no you're not there's nothing good coming out of it. No. Because you might run into a cop that has a bad day and they're like, well, I'm going to screw up someone's day and it might just be you. So. Mm. Right, so I was going to bring up uh, maybe the last one. We'll see. Uh, we had a, a listener question last week that we had. Uh, I think that was on Odyssey that it was asked... Uh, but we haven't brought up uh, our political platform, our path, for a while. So I thought this would be a great opportunity. And it kind of coincides with this topic of the police and who's running it and what laws you have in place. So the question is, I have a quick question. What is the Nordic Resistance Movement position on freedom of speech and freedom of expression? And if we go here on nordicresistancemoment.org under ideology you can find our path political program and you can find our path in pdf form or you can look at our nine political points under our nine political points you will find point number four it is establish a powerful government with a strong oversight by the people Positions of leadership will be awarded based on competence and the first and foremost goal of the government will be to work for the good of the people and for their preservation. The right to freedom of speech will be extensive and protected. So this is the short version of our political program. It's just the nine points. But we do have the longer version, our path, that you can download. And I had it up here somewhere there 
So we can read here from the section that says freedom of speech and civil liberty. There is no sovereign nation on earth that has a completely unrestricted freedom of speech. For example, laws against making threats to individuals or groups can be viewed as a restriction of freedom of speech. In today's democracy, there are specific laws put in place to protect privileged groups, minorities, and oppress its own people. A current example of this is the law of incitement to racial hatred. These are the hate speech laws that make it impossible, or at least very severely limited, for individuals to question those in power and their intentions. Our new Nordic nation will have greater freedom of speech than we experience today, but still with an aforementioned restrictions against, for example, making threats against individuals and groups. The hate speech law will be replaced with a law against anti-Nordic and subversive propaganda and activities. These restrictions will, however, primarily apply to institutions with power such as media and other opinion-driving organizations, and not individual people. Freedom of association, freedom of assembly and the right to protest, and freedom of religion will remain. And here is in the short. The Nordic resistance movement will Abolish the current law of incitement to racial hatred. Implement laws against anti-Nordic and subversive propaganda and activities. Preserve freedom of association, freedom of assembly, the right to protest and religious freedom in the Nordic nation. And that sounds pretty good. Sounds like somewhere I want to live. So, yeah, like the thing about the hate speech laws, for example, they were introduced in Sweden and probably in most countries by Jews uh, starting early in the 40s, I think, 30s or 40s, as uh, part of, uh, I don't know, curtailing uh, criticisms against uh, immigrants and immigration. And uh, what it does is it's an anti-white law primarily because it only applies to white people in white countries when they criticize mass immigration or anything to do with... Well, it, it is mass immigration, even though you're talking about Jewish influence. They're much, very much part of it. But criticizing Jews, even though they're supposedly white sometimes, they... Uh, white Jews? They're still Jews. And when you criticize them, then you're in the wrong. But when, well, you know how it goes. Sometimes they're special because they're Jews, and sometimes they're just white, and you can't call them out for being Jews. So these hate speech laws are anti-white, and they're only designed against a host population of white countries. So if you get rid of that, then uh, you can have laws against subverting your own people in your own country. Like, it's amazing that we don't have that. We have immigrants that can move here and they can hate and threaten white people and threaten Swedish people and say that they're disgusting, they want to kill them. This has been tried in court. I think a troll actually tried to get convicted of this and it didn't work. Like, he said some outrageous things that he wanted to do to Swedish people. He didn't get convicted for hate speech. 
because it doesn't apply to the majority population. All right, what happens when we're a minority? What happens when we're 30% of the population? Do you think these laws are going to help us then? Nah. But that's the thing. It's like I don't have any fundamental issue with these kind of laws as long as they weren't hypocritical. Like if you would give the same sentence for someone who says something crazy about Swedes, then it would be an equal playing field. And if if the system went after each case equally, then fine, I still wouldn't think the law is good, but at least we could say that, hey, it's being used equally. Yeah, but uh, the thing is, then it would, it would work because... The media is constantly de- demonizing white people, yeah. making non-whites yeah. hating yeah. white people. So they would but get convicted all the time. Yeah. We have a lot of these things. It's like uh, dis- discrimination is banned. But then in in the law in many countries, in dimis- there's something called Discriminate positive. against white people. Yeah. No, there's something called positive in- discrimination, which is allowed. A positive discrimination might be that... <clears throat> You have a office that is 90% male, so then you could legally say that we're only going to hire a female mm. because it's somehow positive. In other words, guys were having a good time. Yeah. And then so, so like, uh, and it's the same, same with like free speech. We need to protect democracy. We need to protect free speech. Fine, but let's us have free speech then. If you're going to say that we need to defend free speech, then we should have free speech. You can't have it both fucking ways. Either you accept and embrace free speech and you live with it, or you don't. But if you don't accept free speech, then don't come to me and say that you're pro-democracy because democracy without free speech like in the US doesn't work. It's pretty fucking simple. And and this is what, like, my pet peeve is to... is 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 these like contradictions and hypocrisies and stuff like I get really annoyed by them. And and it's like, it, it really annoys me when you hear some nor- normie speak about, yeah, but we need to, uh, the democratic values and la 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 la. And then there's sudden like, and then you throw something back at them. It's like, well, that's obviously not okay. And it's like, they don't spend the fucking time to think. And that really, really annoys me. It's like, how can you go through life never thinking about such fundamental things? Like they might know the, how many goals some you know kickballer made 50 games ago, but they, not, they won't know anything about what makes their own society work. What are the laws? What are the taxes? What is what's affecting their real life? And that brings me to my annoyance with democracy in general is that these numbnuts have the same right to vote and affect the outcome of this society as those who are actually interested in politics and and, ha- and interested in how we should do things. Like the, the idea that everyone should have the right to vote is fucking retarded. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> and uh, and the, fo- the founding fathers that these people that like we need to protect western democratic values those western democratic values in the modern sense 
I mean, we can go back to Greece and even back then, not everyone got to vote. But if we if we take the United States as the standard, not everyone was allowed to vote. Women weren't allowed to vote. Uh, people of bad, like if you weren't white, you weren't allowed to vote. There was a lot of limitation who could vote. Yeah, someone said that, you know, all men did not have the right to vote before no. women got the right to vote. Like literally uh, around the same time, they both had the right to vote. I can't remember, but I'm... But it depends sure. where, I guess. I mean, it's yeah, not every it was, single country. Yeah, I might, I might be completely wrong. But I think in the US, it used to be tied to land ownership. So if you had land and you had like an interest in... in, in you had some tangible interest uh, in, in the world around you, so to speak, then uh, you could vote. But if you, if you weren't landed, you couldn't. And there were some other limitations. <clears throat> yeah. But they get sorted when uh, BlackRock owns all the land and they get to vote. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest, in, biggest landowner, like individual, like one person that owns land in the US is Bill Gates now. Yeah, farmland. That's right. So that's all good news. It does Microsoft and shit. But you you know that Mike, sorry, Microsoft, that Skype was a Swedish invention, right? Are we on on the balls on this? Skype. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it got, just like Minecraft, and I'll never get over this. (laughs) Just like Minecraft, they sold it, and now it's shit. Although Minecraft is still good, but everything that Microsoft does with Minecraft sucks. So it was a good thing. Like Skype was very revolutionary when it first came out. It was the the first that did what it did, basically. So yeah, they made some easy bucks there, became millionaires. So yeah, freedom of speech, sure, but not for you, white man in white countries. You get to spend 10 years in prison for rapping about Jews. That's what you get. And that's uh, why we fight the fight, isn't it? I had one piece of news left here. Breaking, breaking news. Did you hear that there was a bombing in Sweden yesterday? No. Is that something that shocks you? Or something that you're like concerned about? There was a bomb going off in Sweden? Or is, uh, is it like business as <laughs> usual? Yeah, it's like shootings, rapes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, someone got raped in Sweden? My God. Yeah. Hold the horses. At someone... least there hasn't been uh, these... Uh, what was the one summer they threw grenades through people's windows? Or <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure that's still going on. It's just too many grenades to write about, so they just stop it. But now they blew up a Stockholm restaurant in Södermalm. So the uh, the posh journalist class had their favorite uh, Greek restaurant blown up, okay. and they said the but shocking thing no, is that it made everyone you. a racist overnight. Uh-huh. That was the shocking thing, <laughs> not the bomb itself. <laughs> no, apparently everyone on Södermalm is a racist because uh, I guess they know who bombed the place. Yeah, they 
Well, they're guessing. They don't know who bombed it. But now they can't go and have their lattes anymore. And we're all very sad about that. Yeah, what would you do if you're, like... Could if my latte was blown face? up? I don't know. Or, no, it's tzatziki in this case. Um, <laughs> or souflaki. Greek food is actually good. It's pretty good. But a lot of a lot of his Greek European food, they try to say, is Turkish food. Yeah, fuckers. they do. So, anyways... Nothing against the Greeks, but uh, yeah, I think it's funny that that uh, you know, blow uh, of course, blowing up a restaurant should be an issue, but in the grand scheme of things, considering how many shootings and stuff like this happens in Sweden, uh, it's funny when it's <laughs> it's a neighborhood restaurant and all of a sudden it's an issue when it's a neighborhood restaurant where 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 a lot of journalists and stuff live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah but we've been waiting for the. Yeah. multiracial society to reach this side of Stockholm for a while and now they're having burglaries in their homes and they're having their restaurants bombed so no one's going to escape especially in the Stockholm area because these criminals they're now organized in gangs they know where the wealth is they're not going to run around their own neighborhoods robbing their neighbors that are piss poor in their ghettos they're going to go into these neighborhoods and uh, steal the good stuff. And they're going to get more sophisticated because they're going to get richer and they're going to get more weapons. And they're going to be allowed to have this stuff. I don't know if you heard about this guy, uh, Dumle, they called him, that was uh, shot. The cat. Yeah, his his nickname was Dumle because he was brown and soft, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) But that's that's a Swedish chocolate, Dumle. Yeah. So this guy had connections with Einar, if you remember that young Swedish dude, rapping dude that was shot dead two two years ago. Yeah, so he was apparently hanging out with him and rumors were that he was one of the ones that snitched on him, stuff like that. So this guy is a known gangbanger. He's convicted of raping someone like years ago and been celebrated in P3 state media, of course, uh, for his rap career. And now he was shot dead uh, before New Year's, before Christmas, I believe. And they they found like over a million kroner worth of gold in his apartment when they went to search it. Like, you can just be one of these fucking people and sit on guns drugs and a million kroner in pure gold in your closet like this is one of the most famous people in sweden that the police know exactly who it is and what's he convicted for and what he's doing you know and they're running around doing this like they don't even have to use encrypted apps The, the police are not interested in busting them obviously just waiting until they get shot dead so yeah that's some good stuff yeah and with that (laughs) (laughs) no already yeah we'll say goodnight for tonight I have some plans for next week it's gonna be awesome did you have something else no I would have had some more hot takes in me we could have still gone yes well (laughs) the the outro is already rolling sorry We're going to leave with a high note. 
And uh, yeah, we did have some economy posting in the first half, but measured that out with some political posting and Jews. So I hope you're happy. And I, I sincerely appreciate your support to the channel and to the movement. It's very nice to see that uh, while we have this opportunity on odyssey.com, that people are donating. And this on while. Yes, for sure. So this has been episode 252, and uh, we were talking about political harassment. And uh, next week, we've got uh, some, hopefully, something exciting for you. So tune in next Tuesday, 8 o'clock, same time, same place. And if you want to follow us during the week, we have Telegram. It's Nordic Frontier Podcast or Nordic Frontier Chats. And we have NordicResistanceMovement.org for everything that we do. So with that I say, don't be an English cigarette and hail victory. Listen to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. Hello, everyone. James Edwards here. Are you sick and tired of liberals and race hustlers and the media calling you a racist just because you oppose Obama's policies? Well, my friend, those days are over. After you read Racism Schmacism, you'll never again fear being called the R-word. I invite you to discover why every conservative in America needs a copy of my explosive new book. Racism Schmacism has received much critical acclaim and will equip you with the key to unlock their socio-political nuclear bomb once and for all. Order your copy today by visiting the official website of the Political Cesspool radio program, thepoliticalcesspool.org. Proceeds of each sale go to help keeping our award-winning show on the air, and they make great gifts for your conservative friend or family member. Buy Racism Schmacism today at www.thepoliticalcesspool.org. Is there a count somewhere? You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 ResolutionRDO.com. Napa know-how. 
The Napa guy knows the only way you'd give a freshly minted driver a brand new car is if he promises to never drive it. Instead, let him grind the gears and knock over the neighbor's mailbox in something a little more suited to his skill level. And with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, he can safely drive something that's nearly as old as he is. It's not perfect, but it's perfect for him. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. More than two years ago, InfoWars first told you about our research into what has been called the iodine conspiracy. I've told you about how scientists have known for decades that iodine deficiencies can devastate IQ and how the government knowingly started taking iodine out of the food and adding fluoride, the bad member of the halogen family, into the water. They took the good halogen out and put the deadly halogen in. And when the Fukushima crisis worsened, as it still is worsening today, I was there telling you how to prepare yourself and your family. Now, in 2016, even more information has been revealed concerning the connection between iodine and the gut, which many experts are now saying could be the biggest revelation ever concerning iodine. You can pull these studies up for yourself. This is the real deal, folks, and the truth is that iodine is essential, in my view, to any optimum health regimen. Stock up on Survival Shield X2 today at InfoWarsLife.com or by calling 888-253-3139. 